It's time for a big blue kickoff live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go on there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Thanks so much for being with us. My name is Madeline Burke alongside Paul Dottino. You got it right. I did get it right. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. This schedule for the first month or so of the season has so messed me up. I I saw you checking your watch like, is it? (laughs) I'm telling you. Big time. (laughs) Big time. But it is indeed Wednesday, October 4th. I had to check my calendar on my screen to make sure I got that one right as well. Uh, PDOTS and I thank you for being with us. The phone number here, 201-939-4513. Or you can find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and on Giants.com slash podcast. 201-939-4513. One, three, Paul, Wednesday, I think it's the perfect day to turn the page, close the chapter of weeks one through four, look ahead to week five. The Giants are headed to South Beach, to Miami, to play the Dolphins, the NFL's number one scoring offense. Uh, No easy task, but they're out there right now as we speak on the practice field getting some work in. Yeah, except it's not everybody. Not everybody. Schmitz, uh, Thomas, and Lemieux. Not practicing today because of their injuries. Bellinger and Barkley limited. Barkley will take some team reps today for the first time since he sprained his ankle. So that is a step in the right direction. There are a handful of other guys uh, who are going to get a Veterans Day off just because they're a bit sore. Mm-hmm. Um, like Wondell Robinson, for example. Right. You know, Ojolari. Again, not a setback. Coach said we're just going to give him a day off. Okay, Fine. Uh, but I think the Barkley news is the most significant of all, Madeline, because we've seen the Giants without Barkley. Yeah. You know, it's what, five points a game less on average, 60-something yards a game less on average. Uh, They're going to need to do something offensively, even if the defense plays as well as they did the other night, and they did play pretty darn well. Right. Even if they play that well against Miami, the offense is going to have to, you know, do its share or – they won't win. Right. Right. You got to move the ball. You got to put some points on the board because no matter how much the defense stops at some point, if you're not putting points on the board, that's going to be tough. You know, Saquon obviously itching to get back in there. I know we, we talked about this last week. He was getting some work in, in the practice field. Uh, didn't get quite enough to be able to go, be good to go in week four at home on Monday Night Football. But I know he said he's feeling good. He's feeling eager to get back on the field. This is why they they were so cautious with him. Because they need Barkley to be Barkley. Right. And it's got to start this week. Right. Okay? If he gets on the field, they can't have 10 carries for 35 yards. No, no. Barkley gets out there. They're going to need 18 to 20 touches, 25 touches, and he's going to have to have 100 combined yards from scrimmage. He's got to be that guy. Mm -hmm. Because this offense right now, with the banged-up offensive line the way it is, and the fact that they haven't been able to muster a running game, is not commanding any respect from opposing defenses. That puts you behind the eight ball before the game is even kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I mean, the threat of the run. I mean, you talk about the origination of the game of the National Football League. The old school NFL before the merger was three yards and a cloud of dust. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. 
then you know of course the AFL comes along airing it out and change it up I like how you light up talking about vintage NFL football it, it, like few things spark joy in Paul Dettino, like the, <laughs> talking about the good old days. Now it's three uh, carries and a whole bunch of little rubber pellets. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no more clouds of dust. No more clouds of dust. Clouds of rubber pellets kicked up in the way. Um, you know, we talked about Brian Dable, of course. Giants head coach Brian Dable spoke to the media earlier this morning, uh, mentioning a few things. Of course, the availability of some players in the practice field. Uh, we saw Wandale Robinson, like you mentioned, is going to be uh, getting some rest. He's still recovering, or not recovering, but he's come back from that ACL. They're easing him in. They're getting him some solid work in these games. Uh, but another player that uh, Brian Dable said expects to play more against the Dolphins is one Sterling Shepard, who we haven't seen a lot of so far this season. Coach says he's part of a bunch of packages that they just did not get to use last week in the matchup against Seattle. Also mentioning that Hawkins, by the way, who got very little uh, burn against the Seahawks, Again, part of certain matchup packages, but this is not a secret. Right. We've been telling you this since training camp. The Giants are going to be a matchup team. So there will be some weeks where guys are just not going to get as many reps. And they need to understand that as a professional, that this isn't personal. This is, we've got some strategic things going on. And sometimes you're going to play more than others. Um, I will say this. It's very encouraging to this point that guys like uh, uh, Hawkins and Banks, the younger fellas, mm -hmm. Schmitz and so forth and so on, have, have approached their jobs with the utmost of professionalism right. and of maturity. You never heard a word out of Hawkins last week. Right. And he must have known going into the game that, okay, these packages are probably not going to work for me. I probably am not going to see a lot of time. Never gave a hint of it. And then after the game was over, you never heard a word from him. That's what you need mm -hmm. in a situation like this. You don't want anybody chirping about their discontent, if they even have any. Well, and that's the thing. You see all these you know, slogans on the wall and how much does that mean. But this Giants team, the 2023 Giants, wears shirts that said, we over me. And there are some guys that are absolutely... Uh, emblematic of that in, in that regard mm -hmm. as well you know it's okay what is good for the group over what is good for me I of course want to be out there I want to be contributing to this team but if this is the decision that the coaches make that think this is going to put us in the best position I understand that because we the group is greater than me mm -hmm. in those moments um you know another another thing that uh Dable mentioned is that Eric Gray will be going back to to being the key punt returner this week I saw last week or we saw last week that you know after he muffed that one they tried a Dory Jackson back there as well mm -hmm. uh it felt like the Giants were getting more fair catches than any burns on those punt returns last week well the problem with with with, with what I see is that if you're going to make the change to the to, in the punt return game, mm -hmm. I would put Sterling Shepard back there. He's a veteran. He's handled it before. He's done it a lot during practice. I don't know why they put a Joey Jackson back there. That was a problem for me, especially if they were only going to try to fair catch the ball. Well, he didn't even do that. Yeah, He just let the ball bounce and, and flutter away. Uh, I did not understand that one. There was a look. I don't have to agree with everything the coach does. I'm sure he has his reasons for it, and that's fine because he gets paid a lot more than I do, and he needs to make those decisions. So I'm not going to be overly critical of it. I would only say that's not the choice that I would have made. That's fair. Having said that, Gray is getting the ball back this week. Right. And this is, again, this is something that the, the rookie didn't do a lot in college. In four years in college, mm. he, he was in the return package less than a dozen times. Yeah. So this is still a new skill set for him. This is still a new 
um, par- aspect of the game. But of course, he's rising to the occasion to, to try to do what they're asking. Seattle's of. punter has a little bit of a different twist and spin on the ball. And Dayball even cited that as being problematic. And when they saw that the first time, mm-hmm. then they decided, okay, let's get a veteran back there. And they went with, with Adoree Jackson. But uh, not every punter is going to have certain spins and rotations that can almost, I don't want to say knuckleball-like, mm-hmm. but can cause a different type of flutter. Right. And if you really don't have the kind of comfort zone and experience at catching all kinds of punts, you're asking for trouble. Right, right. You know, because the angle, the the, the way it bounces, the way it lands, all of that is is different. The return game is a special part of the game. That's why they call it special teams. You know, it's a unique element. Uh, One other piece of news, though, that we haven't gotten to yet on this show, I don't believe, because it became official after the show yesterday, Mm -hmm. Justin Pugh. Back in the building, uh, Justin Pugh signing with the Giants practice squad. And, you know, he said recently on his own podcast, you know, hey, the Giants aren't guaranteeing me a thing. I'm going out there. I'm going to prove it and bet on myself and feel like 10 times out of 10, that's going to work out for me. So that's where we sit. I'm headed to New York. I'm excited to get there. Um, You know, I'm excited to get to work. And Justin Pugh kind of coming back here, especially with how banged up this offensive line is right now you know you've got uh, john michael schmitz not practicing evan neal marcus mckeith and limited uh with the injuries they're dealing what kind of presence i mean you you were here for the entirety of, of pew's tenure mm-hmm. what do you want to remind these giants fans about this guy pew is a um is a very community oriented player and when i say that i'm not talking about necessarily the town's folks outside i'm talking yeah. about the locker room He is a guy who is always talking, who is always going to be uh, sharing experiences with other players in the locker room, trying to get guys together as much as possible. He's, he's, you know what? In short, he's a really good teammate. Yeah. That's what's really good about him. He's a really good teammate. He's a pro's pro in terms of his preparation. He is a very smart, sharp player. Did have... A lot of injuries over his career. He's 33 years old, coming off of the ACL last year. So there are certainly some physical limitations. But you don't have to look any further to when he was drafted out of Syracuse. And the Giants needed a tackle. And even though most people thought he'd be better suited at guard in the NFL, he came right in without saying a word. They need me to play tackle? I'll play tackle. Mm -hmm. And he played tackle for a while. And then, okay, you know what? Later on in his career, he wound up becoming a guard. And, of course, played for the Cards the last several years as a guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And gone through, again, a litany of injuries. Uh, They started back when he was with the Giants. It's one of the reasons the Giants didn't re-sign him. He got a really good contract to go to the Cards, and the, the injury history did not necessarily make that a good risk financially at the time that he left. I don't blame him for taking the Cardinal deal. It was a rich deal. Sure. Okay? So that Pew Pew is a guy who's really going to work his butt off. He's got his number 67 back, by the way. Saw him out there this morning. Oh. He does have his 67 back. He had two numbers with the Giants. He was 72, then he was 67. He got his 67 back. So he's out there. Coach says he, he is not going to be ready to play this week. No. So don't even ask us, <laughs> okay? He's practice squad for now, and at some point they'll ramp him up and then consider if he belongs on the 53. Right, because he's, you know, it's t- taking a step away from the game for a little bit, and he said, he, you know, he knows that he's got to work his way and prove that he could play and prove that he could play on Sundays and, you know, get back into game shape a little bit, which takes time. You can't rush that for a guy, especially a guy who's 33. 
ACL? ACL. I mean, he's, look, Madeline, the first thing he's got to be able to do is get through some practices mm -hmm. and then not be in such serious pain the next day or, or be so rusty or be so out of shape with conditioning that he can go out there and at least have a couple of practices in a row. Right. We don't even know that right now. Yeah. You know, we may find out tomorrow that, oh, well, oh, soreness, we had to shut him down. Yeah. We don't even know that yet. But at the very least, like you said, his glue guy, his teammate, his presence, his the way he, he is sees, a glue guy, the way he sees the game, the way he's experienced the game, that veteran experience and the way that he can impart some of this wisdom, because especially the way this offensive line has struggled off some of these twists and stunts that they've seen in the first few weeks of the game. This might be a guy who can say, hey, here's something that I'm seeing that I can relate to you. And sometimes coming from a peer instead of a coach, mm -hmm. you hear the message a little bit different. You can understand it a little bit different. You say, oh, OK, that's a different perspective that I can see. There is no doubt that what he brings to the table as a veteran who has seen an awful lot over his time in the league at both positions, mm -hmm. not just being one spot, be at guard and at tackle. I'm sure the young linemen who are on this squad right now will enjoy talking to him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Giants fans, join us on Sunday, October 8th at HK Kitchen and Draft House in the Bronx to watch the Giants take on Miami, enjoy Modelo drink specials, meet a Giants legend, and enter a raffle to win game tickets and more. Visit Giants.com slash Bar Network to learn more. 201-939-4513 is the phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live with Madeline Burke and Paul Dettino. As we head over to the phone lines, we've got a couple people on hold right now. Hugo in New Jersey on the line. Hugo, how you doing, friend? Hey, uh, I wanted just to make a, a comment about being objective when we look at players, right? So I, re I remember... Andrew Thomas having his struggles, and of course, Giant fans immediately go to Eric Flowers whenever a high round uh, offensive tackle is having his struggles. I was quick to defend Andrew Thomas because the point I made is Andrew Thomas has been, he has feet, he has quickness, agility, things that Eric Flowers never showed. So I was quick to defend him. His, his issue was technique, not athleticism. So, uh, so I, I, I think that was a fair defense of uh, Andrew Thomas. Look, I'm not saying, because <laughs> I, I know you guys get offended by this, that Evan Neal, I'm not going to use the word bust, and I'm not going to use a comparison to Eric Flowers, but I do find it offensive that in defense of Evan Neal, the name Andrew Thomas is thrown around and that he improved over his first three years. Evan Neal's problems are his athleticism, which is very, very different from the issues Andrew Thomas had. Now, this whole the suggestion that Evan Neal could be moved to guard is nonsense. Because by John Schmelk's own evaluation during the draft process, he said Ikiakwanu. Ikiakwanu, right? yeah. right. If he didn't make it at right tackle or at tackle, he could swing inside and be an excellent guard in the NFL. It was never suggested that that could be the floor for Evan Neal. So I think that's the reason why fans are panicked about using a, a seventh overall pick that might, at best might turn out to be 
a swing tackle in the NFL. Well, Hugo, just as you don't want people to compare Evan Neal to Eric Flowers, and just as you don't want him to compare Evan Neal to Andrew Thomas, I think it's important to remember all people are different people. All players are different players, and they're all on their own trajectory. And they all have have different issues, and we have to come to terms with what the issues were in each of the cases. I'm sure Evan Neal sounds like a wonderful young man, and he looks at his tablet all the time, and he studies, and he works hard at it. But if he doesn't have the feet and he doesn't have the balance, none of that is going to matter. Hugo, we're going to try to educate you on this show a little bit because obviously you need some. Please. Yeah. Evan Neal was so badly banged up last year in so many different appendages, not just the four games that he missed because of a sprained MCL. So you can sit there all you want and do your evaluation and be an amateur scout, but unfortunately you just don't even know half the story. And that's well, part of, that's part of why I, you're so misguided. It's unfortunate, well, but mis- we can help listen, you out if listen, you like. I'm not. My eyes aren't lying to me, Paul. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. Here's where you're right. Here's where you're right. Pearson, we can say goodbye goodbye to him. Here's where Hugo's right. Thanks for the call, Hugo. He's right in that Evan Neal is not a guard. Part of the reason why he's... And and I've I've said this to other callers a million times. Mm -hmm. He's not a guard candidate because of his frame, his stature. He's going to have leverage and balance issues. Uh, his footwork in order to be able to get outside in a zone scheme or pull, it's not there. So he's not going to be the kind of guy that you want to move to guard. So Hugo, you're right about that, okay? Uh, You can cite all you want or whoever you want, but there's the explanation for why he is not going to in all likelihood be a guard. Now, after the season, if they want to try it, they're welcome to try it. Who knows? But those are the core reasons why you would not want to put him at guard. Well, now, okay. oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Paul, you mentioned his feet, you know, and I and one of the big storylines coming into this season is how Evan worked with Willie Anderson in the mm-hmm. offseason on his footwork, Correct. and that is something that you know he's acknowledged that has struggled too. And it's you know you liken it to Charles Barkley's golf swing. Sometimes you put mm-hmm. too much thought, too much effort, too much thinking into it, you lose the intuitive nature of the game that you've been playing at a high level for so long. He has a lot of balance issues with mm-hmm. his feet that they get crossed up and he tends to, as he's trying to balance himself out, he doesn't always have good foot placement. Okay, that's the trouble he's having on the edge right now. We understand that, okay? But it's not necessarily, okay, all just that. This guy, as a rookie, had to make the move across the line, back to the right side again, which he had not done in a long time. It has caused him a lot more trouble. Some guys have a lot more trouble switching sides than others. Others will tell you, don't worry about it. I got this. Yeah. You know, Glowinski plays both guards. David Deal played all over the line. Some guys can do that seamlessly. Other guys have an issue with flip-flopping, and it takes them time. Right. So when you consider the flip-flop, you consider the plethora of injuries, which not of all are reported, okay, and especially the knee, which was a big problem, which was reported. Those are the reasons. So... I, I appreciate we got amateur scouts out there who think they understand and know everything about a player, but they don't. Yeah. Um, Evan Neal, Evan Neal is the kind of player when the people throw out the Andrew Thomas comparison, they're not throwing it out there to compare the player's traits or his tape. What they're doing is they're throwing out the fact that Thomas and Neal are both very smart players. Yes have a very high football acumen, 
They are both very big and strong. They're certainly not undersized tackles at all. And the other part about this is work ethic. Yeah. Tremendous work ethic, desire, and willingness to learn Mm -hmm. on behalf of both players. So that's why the Andrew Thomas comparison is thrown out when we talk about Evan Neal, in addition to the fact that both players came from huge powerhouse programs, Georgia and Alabama. And just the simplicity of the fact that in year one to year two to year three to year four with that much effort and that much want to, there is the room for growth and the trajectory for growth and the ability for growth is there. I lost patience with Hugo because he's a better caller than that. He's smarter than that. And he just really whiffed on this last phone call. And I'm just really surprised because I think we have done a great job over the course of time of explaining Mm -hmm. what Evan Neal's status and what his what his his situation is, and and Hugo just totally went 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 off the wall there. Well, he was out of bounds in in the, in in the sewer. And I think one thing that people don't take into consideration enough is you know switching from the left side to the right side is a tricky enough scenario to for do for some for some for some for guy for some guys it can be tricky. Doing that while transitioning to the NFL, while fighting through a lot of injuries is a tough thing to do. Think about the things you do in your daily life. You know, if you brush your teeth with your left hand for the day, it feels so weird. It's like, I don't even know how to brush my teeth anymore, right? There's certain things that you do that you think, oh, wow, this seemed so easy on this side. And then now suddenly I can't do this without being super mindful and thinking about every element of it in a way that felt intuitive with my other hand. And so when you think about the way from the left side of the line to the right side of the line, it's mirroring every action. There's a lot of things that you do with this hand that you do with that hand, that you do with this foot, you do with that foot. And it takes effort. That would be, to me, the lowest priority on the list of reasons because as a pro Mm -hmm. who has devoted his time and effort into making this a career and is going to make a good living at doing it, you need to overcome that. You need to overcome that. Sooner rather than later. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is... But he's only played seven... 17 regular season games right. in two years. Right, but the struggle that we saw last year of him trying to overcome that while trying to fight through injury, that's got to be hard to do. Considering that he does have some balanced footwork issues. Right. So for him, the transition to the other side is going to be a little more difficult than it will be for others. Right. So if my demeanor was a little bit nasty to you, Hugo, I apologize, but I think better of you. <laughs> okay. I hope we have at least explained it to you so you have a better understanding next time. Hey, Giants fans, make sure you go and subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. It features long-form interviews with Giants players, coaches, and front office staff, past and present. Plus, hear from the best analysts covering Big Blue and the NFL. Search for Giants Huddle and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or go to Giants.com slash podcast. And don't forget, if you are on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star positive review for all of our Giants podcast. 201-939-4513 is the phone number. On with Madeline and Paul on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thrilled to welcome in Coach Marvin from Delaware calling in today. Coach Marvin, how you doing on a Wednesday? I'm okay. How you doing, Madeline? Doing well, thank you. How you doing, Paul? All right, Coach. Bring it now. What do you got for us? You guys explained that excellent. You and Madeline did a good job with Evan Mills, especially the key thing you said, 17 games. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's, uh, what was he, the uh, sixth overall pick? Seventh, yeah. Seven, Seventh, give yeah. the man a shot and let him let him grow into his position. He's not the only one having issues on that line. There's other guys out there having issues. They just got to work more and more together, and and that's the way I would re- approach it. Um, 
the team because of, I felt like I was coaching on this past week because after the game, uh, I'm here in Delaware and Philadelphia land and, and I'm wearing giant stuff. Very tough on me right now to uh, answer some of the questions people are asking. But I answer them in the best manner I can. But uh, I, I think the issues is I, – I wanted to know how you feel about – both of you feel about this. Do you feel it's the play calling or is it execution of the plays? It's the problem. Depends on what, what side of the ball are we talking about. Uh, offensively. Offensively. Well, either one of them. You can talk to either one of them. Well, I thought because the execution defensively was so much better last week, uh, Coach Marvin, because against Seattle, I will tell you this. When you talk about the 281 yards they gave up, 3 of 12 on third down, 2 of 4 uh, in the red zone, I mean, the defense yes. was really solid. If I, if I'm telling you right now, if the Giants can put up that kind of defensive performance, they'll win three of the next four games. Right, and outside of that Noah Fant 51-yard Run where there's a couple. There was a busted play. But outside of that, the tackling was ex- exceptionally yeah, better. Wink better. Martindale said, "Hey, watch us on Sunday on Monday night," and he was right. The tackling was better. There was it, a lot it, of improvement. Yeah. So it so yeah. So execution wise, talking defense, execution wise, it was significantly better and much closer to what this team should be. Right. right so so right. I, I'd like to believe. Unfortunately, it took them this long to get it kind of kind of right. Yeah. That the defense is kind of right now. Well, now the offense has to pick up its its end. I will say it's not only an execution situation, and obviously the moving parts and not having Barkley is a bigger, bigger problem than anybody I could agree. even imagine. Let's not let's not under undersell that. But the no, other I'm thing not. for me, Coach Marvin, I thought the last two weeks, if it were me, I would have been much more aggressive, throwing the ball, opening things up early before the other team had a chance to dig in their heels defensively. That's probably where the way I would have gone. Now, they have reasons not to do it. I get the fact that the line doesn't protect real well. My feeling is, if you're going to take some deep shots down the field, do it in situations that are more favorable to you. Instead of waiting till you're behind, or you've proven that you can't run the ball, or you're in third and long. Right. Why not? Right. Why not start taking some deep shots early in downs, early in the series, while you're not behind on the scoreboard? You got a better shot then of hitting a big yeah. play. Right. Because that's I mentioned. Right. I mentioned that a few weeks. Yes, yeah. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago of uh, taking longer shots early in the game. Um, those plays are changing and they're getting out of the game plan because they've fallen so far behind. Right. Um, I'm the, seeing on my side. I'm seeing a lot of mistakes. Uh, the turnover mistakes. Um, no the, doubt. Uh, it, it's just not flowing. It's just yeah. not flowing right. And and my thing is why I say that that we talked about the tackling. The tackling was a lot better, other than that touchdown by fans down the sideline. I I saw again arm tackling, leaving your feet. So when you're missing, you end up on the ground, and he's still running. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is, what, what, in this situation, what I would probably want to do is get the team together and say and tell them, you know, this, this game, the game itself, not the people that run it, the game itself within the lines, it doesn't even care what color a person is. It doesn't care how much money a person's uh, making, and it doesn't care what religion you are or what issues you have outside the field. Or how much you so hurt at that given time either. 
Right. So the best people on the field has to play. And I would, and I've had this speech before, and I tell them, if, especially in the beginning of the season, if you cannot take criticism, mm-hmm. I can't teach you. I can't teach you at all. There's nothing I can do for you right. if you can't take criticism. So my team, I always have to be critical of them because it's like grazing their own kids. And I would tell that to the parents. If you have an A student and he's giving you C and D performance, what are you doing to him? Well, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get on him. I have to get on my A performance. I have to give him my B performance. Give me B performance. You can give me an A. Give me an A. C performance. If you can raise that, but you got to give me those performances. And they're not doing it. They, they just not performing. And that's why I said that I keep thinking the execution of the plays. It just doesn't look right. It's right. just. It's just people everywhere in, in holes and leaks in the offensive line coming here and there. They just not it's just not flowing the way it should flow, and 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 I would t- I would make it personal to the players. I would let them know, you know, you, you're gonna have to play better, and I'm gonna have to criticize you for the way you play, and you're gonna have to take it. Some people don't like that. Coach, but two things. Got to take it in this game. Two things I want to I want to respond to exactly what you said. First of all, after the game, Dexter Lawrence in the locker room said, "Hey, we we as leaders are going to have to light a fire here, and we're going to have to say things, and he we said, can't worry about feelings. We, we yeah. can't worry about that. Right? Exactly. Can't worry about hurting right. guys' feelings. We're going to have to say what's got to be said." So, so that already plays into what you just said a moment ago. Well, it's like if you got food in your teeth, you want somebody to tell you you got food in your teeth, man. Don't let them walk That's around right. with food in your teeth. If you're a real right. friend, you tell someone, there hey, you, go. you got food in your teeth. Even if it okay. makes you a little embarrassed in the moment, in the long run, you're better off for I it. I wasn't thinking that, but That's okay. Right. But in the long it run, works. you're better off it, for it, it, it right? It's it a works. good metaphor. That's a good metaphor. Food, uh, hey, like any this. food analogies are going to work with when I'm on this program. <laughs> So that's all cool. Yeah. Uh, second yeah. thing, Coach. Yeah. Second thing, Coach. You remember we saying for the last couple of weeks, we haven't seen the Giants. These guys don't look like the Giants because we know the talent that's on this roster. And we kept saying, yeah. will they play yeah. like the roster instead of what they're putting on the field? Yeah. Well, I thought the defense looked much more like the real Giants that we believe is on the roster. The offense still isn't doing that. And again, there right. could be reasons for it. Let's get 26 out on the field in Miami. That's going to make a huge difference in itself. But even without, in right. the preseason, the one the one series we saw with this starting offense in the preseason, they were moving the ball down the field, they were getting some motion, they were creating separation, and yes, yes that was in the preseason, but still it was ones versus ones in that game. I know. So where is that... Where is that level of execution? And this week, I do think that we saw this team's offense ability to move the ball down the field so much more. They just weren't able to close it out. They weren't able to convert that, that look, first, that fourth and one on that opening drive. I love the, I love going killer. for it, but it was a killer because it took a little air out of the balloon. Yeah. You're, you're not. Agreed. This offense has not played with a lead all points. season. They haven't Correct. played with a lead Correct. all season. That would have been the opportunity. I love that fourth down and, call. I do. It, love it the didn't call. work. I do love. But the he call. had to go I'm for not, it. I know, but that's the other I'm thing not, too. It's like this is a play that that the rest of the league has been executing with ease. I know. Yeah. Philly executes I know. Yeah. with their eyes closed. So I, how is it? Yeah, I like the call, and I, but I agree with Madeline on that. As, a, as a, me watching it, I was saying to myself, "Kick the field goal, kick the field goal." But once they line up, I gotta let that go, mm-hmm. and I kind of like, okay, you gotta make it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make it, and it's like, ah, 
but it, it's just like you need something positive to happen. Take the three, yeah. and then and because because we we took the three the next time we went down, um, and then you have the turnover. It's just the the defense. You're right, Paul. They did play better. I still don't like that last that play with fans down the sideline, but it, it just diffuses your team. Your coaches, everybody just, and, and it's just one of those negative plays that you try to make it back up and say, okay, we got the ball back. Let's try to get 14 points on one play. It ain't going to happen. No. Yeah. Coach, I leave, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. Our desire to see them do something explosive early is magnified this week because yes. I don't think they're going to be able, especially, again, we don't know what Barkley's situation is, but even if he's in there, with, with the, the bit parts that have been subbed out on the O-line right now because of their injuries. And we know Andrew Thomas uh, doesn't look real good. Okay, Not, not practicing today. So a little bit of the setback with that I hamstring. don't see them running for 150 yards and grinding it out into a slow crawl where you're going to want to beat Miami 17-14. I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can play that kind no. of game. Which means, I don't think Miami can be held to that lower score. No. By, which by means you got to get into a track meet. You're literally going to have to get a jump on them early and say, let's go, baby, let's wing it around, and let's see who's standing at the end. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the See you, Coach. Marvin, appreciate it as always. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, this is the league's number one scoring offense. And granted that this number, 37.5 points per game, is drastically inflated from that week three 70 They had one game with 20 and one game with 24. Right. That's still, more like what they're supposed to be. That's more like, yeah, that 70 is still. But the fact that they were able to do that on an NFL team, not, you know, it's not I to know. say it, well, it's just, you know, the fact that they were able to do that is just, okay, there's something special there. It's I think Sean something. Payton would argue with that. He did not have an NFL team on the field that day. Those Broncos, holy smokes, that looked like a JV flag football team. Hey, Paul, people in glass houses. <laughs> I know, I know, know I know, know I know, all, I know. We've all got our moments. We've all got our strengths. We've all got our weaknesses Indeed. out here, too. But Indeed. you know what? This is going to be a, a game in which the Giants are going to want to come out, and they're going to want to be aggressive, and they're going to want to play with a lead if they can. If they can get points on the board, no they're going to do that. So we'll see. Uh, but Giants fans want to remind you guys that on October 2nd, when the Giants host the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football, this is an old read. We don't need this anymore because that already happened. It that did. Was, that was earlier this week. All right, I'm going to delete that one. How about the 5K one. walk? We let's got that go, coming let's up. Let's go 5K. Uh, run or walk <laughs> with Giants legends. You know, this is tough to keep up with all the reads here, people. This is not an easy job. <laughs> uh, run or walk with Giants legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K and kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt and after the race, stay for a post-race festival with appearances by Giants legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. 201-939-4513. Madeline Burke and Paul Dettino on Big Blue Kickoff Live at Madeline Burke at Giants WFAN. And hashtag Giants chat to join the conversation. But we go back to the phone lines. Giuliani from the DMV calling in this afternoon. Not the, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. That's what I was thinking. No. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Delaware. Who's making license plates in the back room? Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Or D.C., uh, Maryland, and Virginia. Sorry, not Delaware. D.C., Maryland, okay. and Virginia. Hi, hi. The nation's capital. Giuliani, how you doing on a Wednesday? Doing good, doing good. I was just calling to, um, like, one thing I noticed, like, I feel like Giants fans make a lot of excuses when it comes to our quarterback. And it's like, I understand the O-line haven't been performing good. 
but two things can be true. It could be true. Just noticing as in like five years now, Daniel Jones been making the same mistakes since his rookie year. Not reading the field, staring down quarterback, not having pocket awareness, you know, like zero pocket awareness. You've seen receivers jump up and down, asking for the ball. Um, even having the, the quarterback with this point whatnot on live TV saying, hey, you study film, um, we know that Danny Jones like to look down his, look down his uh, number one option. It's like for a rookie to say that about a veteran, that's kind of concerning, you know? And it's like, yes, the O-line could be good. Last year's the weapons, yes. But one thing that's been consistent is bad quarterback play, you know? They say numbers lie. Oh, women lie. Men lie. Numbers don't. The numbers is there. The 46 interceptions. The 40, oh, 46 fumbles. 40 interceptions. The 1-12 in 12 on prime time. Like, we have to stop acting like, oh, like, you know, like the quarterback is not the main, like, weapon on the team. The reason we don't score a lot of points is because our quarterback plays okay majority of the time. Well, uh, you know, it's I don't know what to say to that, Paul. I mean, I think... Look, I, I used all my sandpaper up earlier on, Hugo. <laughs> I happen to disagree with this caller, but I'm not... I'm not going to respond to him right now. We'll just we'll just let that lie. He wanted to make a point. I let him make his point. You know what? You have been heard, Giuliani, and appreciate the call. And I get the frustration. And it, it this league is a league in which you're only as good as your last few games, right? And, and I mean, look at Zach Wilson, Joe Namath out here today saying, "Oh, you know what? I take it back." Two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, this man was screaming from the mountaintops of how disgusted he was at the Jets minute, quarterback, wait, 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 wait. and now he literally is like. You know what? I hope he's our quarterback for the next 10 years. So you mean overreaction Monday's a real thing? It's a real thing. Wow. It's a real thing. It's amazing. And overreactions can happen on a Monday, on a Wednesday, yeah. on a on any day you choose. It's your day. Here's um, where here's where we can help to help the caller out a little bit. You're right. Daniel Jones did not play well the other night. He didn't. He absolutely did not. And he had a poor game. And he'll tell you that. No question. Yeah. Whole offense had a bad game, and Daniel Jones was part of that. He had a bad game, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, he's human. He also had a career season last year, right? So one game does not make or break a man. One season does not make or break a man. Like, you cannot define this person by these small slivers of sample sizes. And if you look at the whole, you have to include the whole. You have to include yeah. what he's done this year, what he did last year, the evolution of his game. And, you know, there's still, yes, there's room for improvement, of course, and he'll tell you that. I think it's important to note uh, the other comment that he tried to make about uh, doing the same old stuff with the turnovers and so forth. All right, so he's got six interceptions, of which only two were legit, okay? You had you had one which was just a Hail Mary chuck late in the game the other day because basically, hey, we just got to make something happen. He's not concerned about his stats, mm-hmm. so we just threw the ball downfield. I have no problem with that. That that goes on his record, but that's not what you call a legitimate quarterback pick. Okay? Then the other ones that were deflected. Right. Deflected well, and picked off. And the Witherspoon one. Not on, not on him. The one in inside the 10. No, I he think did, that was he deflected. Did. No, no. The, 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 the pick six? Yeah. The pick six, that was legit. That's a that's a bad throw. That's a bad throw. Yeah. That's a bad throw. That's a bad throw, and he'll tell you that. Um, that's a bad throw. He 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 he's got he should not have made that throw. Point blank, should not have made that throw. There were two receivers 
who were in the vicinity of each other, which I also thought attracted mm-hmm. attracted some traffic. And Darren Waller cutting across and the back Waller was in the, the end zone. Too. Waller was yeah, he was back by the end line. Right. He was the open guy. Yeah. But that the, was, but that there was were the two other receivers that. within a couple of yards of each other that attracted extra defense. Yeah. I think Campbell. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I will suspect one of those two receivers ran the wrong route. Well, it's because also, for them to be so close together in that spot is not likely in the playbook. It's probably not. Yeah. It's also like going back to Coach Marvin's question earlier, is it play calling? Is it execution? You can't really, from our vantage point, whether you're a fan, a media member, or just an observer of the game, you can't really tell the play calling. You can only see what right. it looks like was called, what it right. looks like based on what has been executed. Um, yeah. It's not likely those two receivers would have been right there in that spot, though. In, in the yeah. in the play, no, it's not likely. Unless and they it was wound an oddly up, designed rub route. And they right, and that's not what, what that no, was. No. So, but but that doesn't excuse Daniel for making a bad throw. Right. And he knows it. But again, that throw, why bad, it was a bad, throw, bad interception. Yeah. Horrible interception. Right. We get it. But that doesn't mean that's that is the defining factor. In it. And it's not. And it's right. not the norm for how he's played this year. And if he it's plays, not. if he puts together two good games, people the calls are going to be a completely different tune. And so. And that's fair. That's the way that this goes. I bet you the same caller a few plays earlier when he ran for the first down on fourth down and got them down into the red zone was probably like, yeah, Daniel, go, go. Exactly. And you know, I get it. Both things can be true. It's a roller coaster of emotion rooting for an NFL team. But you know what, Giants fans, you can take your fandom to the next level with season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about the all-exclusive Member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. It's 201-939-4513 to call into the show. Big Blue kickoff live on a Wednesday with Madeline Burke and Paul Dettino at Madeline Burke at Giants WFAN or hashtag Giants chat to join the conversation. Jeff in Maine is holding on the line. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, really enjoying the show. Um after Sunday, you, you guys probably had the toughest job in showbiz, so I appreciate it. Doing a great job. Thank you. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, in particular, that point about the punt returner, I was going to say the exact same thing. Why not Kurt Sterling Shepardin? Although you probably said it better than I would have. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, the defense playing better. My thing is my passion is, is big picture uh, team building, and that's why I'm into the draft so much. And I think over the last couple of years, we've dramatically increased our talent. And I think sometimes it takes a while for the talent to, to start gelling together and uh, the chemistry to develop. And I think the uh, defense did play well last week, and so that's starting. But I think the whole problem with the offense is, A, the offensive line, but the fact that they're so extremely young, but even more so, losing Andrew Thomas. I mean, there's no universe where if we didn't have the most important player on the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, that we were going to you know, be even functional as an offense. And so without Andrew Thomas and with a super, super young offensive line and, and losing Bredesen, too, for a bit, I mean, it's just ridiculous that we could even function at all. So, um, you know, I, I like signing Pew, but um, it's going to take a while to gel for the offensive line. And I, I think we're missing him even more than Barkley. But, you know, I, I will um, say this, and I'll let you finish in half a second. I will say this. There are other teams that have had offensive line injuries, and the, the folks who are complaining the most – are saying, well, how come when other teams get offensive linemen digged up, their offense still appears to be functioning at a higher level? 
that's where the I think the anger is coming from. Now, you're, you're still making great points, and I don't disagree with you. These are legit reasons why things have been disjointed. But those folks who are taking their anger to another level are using that other reasoning and saying, well, I mean, look at that. Seattle had a bunch of offensive linemen screwed up, and they still wound up scoring points. Well, in context, when you understand the big picture, did Seattle's offense really score 24 points? No, they didn't. The Giants gave them two touchdowns. So, you know, but people don't want to hear that. They just want to see the point total, and they want to complain, and they want to be very, very angry. So let them be angry. It's okay. We understand why. Um, but if you want to be smart about it and you want to understand what's going on, that's your prerogative too. And I appreciate the call. Go ahead. Jeff, go ahead. What were you saying? Well, yeah. All right, well good point. And um, uh, the whole thing is, though, um, just that the offensive line, is, is we just built it. I mean, you know, they're all draft picks. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that's different than other teams. And I, I know that New York, you know, is a tough place and, you know, they expect, you know, a lot. Um, and you got a lot of knee-jerk reactions, you know, uh, that just look at the surface. But, you know, big picture, uh, they're going to be good. But when you rebuild an offensive line completely through the draft, it takes at least probably a year to really gel. And they're all super young right now, so it's just going to take some time. But anyway, um, you know, I just wanted to say great show. You guys are, are doing a great job, and I appreciate it. And so thanks a lot, and keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate the call and, and good points. And, you know, patience is one of the – Hardest things to do, but the easiest things to preach, right? You know, especially when you're building something. And Andrew Thomas is, of course, a significant loss for this team. You remember in training camp when, you know, Coach Dable was talking about, of course, every position on this roster is open to competition, except for left tackle. <laughs> you know, and I, mean, th- I remember, that. remember that, you know, as cheeky as he was about it, it's true. That's what he, that's how valuable Andrew Thomas is to this team. Yeah. So, yes, having him hampered with his hamstring injury having him questionable or, you know, unavailable the last couple of weeks, of course, is going to be a big impact on this team. Joshua Azudu is doing everything he can Mm -hmm. to try to hold the fort. Right. It is a monumental task for him. I admire and respect his effort, his gumption, Mm -hmm. his work ethic. Absolutely. I'm all for it. He's not Andrew Thomas and can't be. Even in his wildest dreams, he can't be. Right. So... It is what it is, and you just have to work around it and do the best you can. Just got to do the best you can. And as much as people say, oh, well, he never played tackle in college. You know, he's practiced tackle a little bit. Well, he, but, he played tackle. He, he played, played left tackle, tackle in college tackle at North in Carolina. Carolina. He did. He in, played a lot of it. And and all that kind of stuff. And this is the NFL. But this is the NFL. This is a very different uh, beast. And he's doing what he can, and he's doing what's asked of him. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, in the game Monday, that offensive line choreography changed like every five minutes because the guys were going out. So no doubt, not easy, not an easy task. Um, wishing this group some health, just sending them all the healthy vibes, light a candle, oh. whatever we got to do for this squad because these guys are banged up right now, going into a continuing the tough stretch of the season. I mean, the Giants entering the season had the ter- third toughest strength of schedule in the NFL. This is not an easy schedule, and I know we can't keep pointing to the schedule. At some point, you know, you just got to show up and play the games. But this is tough. This is tough. Well, that's why this last game against Seattle hurt so much. Right, because this was the one in our weight class. Yes. And and in reality, if they had gotten things right on both sides of the ball and played like they were capable of this past weekend, they would have won that game. Well, you said weekend. It was Monday night. Yeah. But they, they, they are certainly capable of beating the Seahawks. 
would have gotten that that one in their pockets. And now all of a sudden, two and two, yeah. everything looks so different. So right? Different. So different. I mean, right? The powdered sugar on top of the donut is is, is like really sweet, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, the, you're getting better sleep. The food tastes better. You're feeling like, ah, oh, I can just, you know what? I, it, it's, it's a different energy, that's for sure. And, you know, the Seahawks team, they had eight penalties on Monday night. They were shooting themselves in the foot. But the Giants just have to get out of their own way. And they have to execute, get back to the fundamentals, and, and, and do the little things right. And I'll add one more thing. Do we have more calls? Okay, we, got we do. one more on the line, All right. yeah. One more thing. Guys, somehow, some way, some of the key players need to step up and play above the X's and the O's. Kayvon Thibodeau had a good game. Mm-hmm. Okay, he almost had the first pick of the season for the Giants. But that's the problem, right? He had a good game, but the Giants need some of their guys to have great games. Right, and it would have been a very difficult interception. He was off balance. The ball was thrown hard. It bounced up. It's a tough play, but make the play above the X's and the O's. And he probably takes it back, and the game is tied. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the stadium is rocking again, and the entire evening changes. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that this team badly needs. But don't, Make a play above the X's and the O's. But Dodds, don't you think Kayvon knew that in that moment, which is why the second the ball hits his hands, you know he sees nothing but green grass. I know. And you I know, know. The, the, the rule number one is catch the ball and then look downfield. But you know, it all happened so fast to the young guy. He's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. if only I could do uh, that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it was that close. That type of impact play, though, if it falls your way, yeah. changes the entire flow and complexion of what's happening the rest of the night. And the Giants aren't getting any of those plays to go their way. Right, right. And they need to. They really do. Uh, Giants fans, the 2023 NFL schedule is officially out and single game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this season. Visit Giants.com tickets to secure your seat. And also the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku and Amazon Fire TV and on the Giants mobile app. 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the calls. We've got Marty in Manahawkin who's been holding for a bit. Marty, thanks so much for calling in to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Yeah, thanks, Madeline. Uh, hey, Paul, uh, how you doing? All right? Okay, my uh, friend. How are you? Good. Uh, I think everybody just has to calm down a little. Again, a little worked up over everything. Uh, you know, we knew two years ago when Shane and uh, Dable came in, this wasn't going to happen overnight. We, you know, we should have braced, we braced ourselves for that. Now everybody's trying to, you know, hang guys uh, like like Evan Neal. I mean, Evan Neal, you know, he, he every week he improves, and you can see it. You know, he, it's it's not like when you had Eric Flowers. I mean, Eric Flowers, every other play you had to pray he didn't hold somebody or he didn't jump off, you know, uh, false start. Uh, they're, they're way ahead of the game. Uh you know, I, I just think everybody's a take it easy, take a step back, think you know, think about where we were. I mean, last year's might have been a little bit of a curse because everybody, you know, it's human nature. Everybody wants it to just carry over into the next year. But like the coach said, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It's like Taylor Swift says, "You need to calm down." She has a song called "You Need to Calm Down." I know Paul listens to that okay. every morning on the way into the facility. So. I just figured I'd let you guys in on that one. (laughs) In translation, what the caller is saying is the Giants were a year ahead of schedule last season. And I think we all agreed with that. So true. They really were. Go ahead, Marty. 
No, I'm done, Paul. I just uh, wanted to get those points out, and uh, uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate sure. it. That was a great point, Marty. And like he says, you know, sometimes fans just need to calm down. Sometimes people need now, to. Now, to be fair, mm-hmm. those of us who watched this team during the entire offseason saw the moves they made, yep. saw the improvements on the roster, and saw this team working at training camp, yep. all believed that this team, despite a difficult schedule and despite the mantra that you can't pick up where you left off, this team would be a bona fide playoff contender. I know I certainly believed it. I did as well. And Without I don't a think, question. I don't think any of us that were out here watching this team practice all, all offseason would have thought that this would be the way that this team started. Not at all. This would be the way that this not team Not at all. But that's why games are not won and lost on paper. And that's why so often we look at these things and we say, okay, of course this can, and, and you got to get out there and execute. It, it's mind-boggling, you know, to some extent. Well, that's also, though, why many fans are getting so angry and kind of going the other way on this because they heard all the stuff. We, we told them. We saw it. We believed it. We didn't smoke you folks. We, we saw what we really b- believed, what we really saw is what I should say. And because things have not worked out the way they were projected to work out, People are feeling tremendously let down mm-hmm. and tremendously frustrated, and 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 it's boiling over into some anger. That's human nature. Yeah. Okay. So I understand it. I I agree with the last caller. Uh, patience and and calmness are the only ways to move forward here, and to try to digest it a little bit better. But human nature doesn't let people be that way well it's also too i mean yeah marty made a really good point too about the fact that last season was a bit of ahead of where they were expected to be but when when somebody or something or some unit shows you what they're capable of when this giants team shows you what they're capable of uh you have that that kind of recalibrates your expectation you know when you come to expect a certain level from something and then it's oh okay and you enhance that and the moves that they made in this offseason and the way that you know this team had come together in the offseason you think okay how could it not be better yes the competition is going to be a little bit stiffer yes it's going to be a little bit harder but how could it not mm-hmm. yeah so um it's going to be it's going to be a tough one but again you know we're only four weeks into the season it's a tough stretch ahead we shall see how it all works out uh, the Giants are out there on the practice field right now. We'll have locker room availability later on in this afternoon. I know Paul and I will be in there checking in on what the latest is. Um, and, you know, continuing to prepare for Miami. Moving on to Miami this week. That's all there is to it. All That's all they it. can do. That's all they can do. And, unfortunately, for the Giants, it's it's been a rough go to this point. But uh, you can't, like they tell you about cornerbacks, you can't take the last bad play with you. Right. Well, this team can't take the last loss with them. They've got to start fresh. They've got to start new because you have to build off of one win at a time. Right. Let's see them get a win this week and then see week by week by week. And then you wake up one day and you say, oh, wow, look at the record. Gee, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. That's all you can do. Exactly. It's all you can do. One day at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time, one win at a time. Hopefully it's starting Sunday in Miami. But regardless, we will be here. All throughout, keeping you up to date with all the latest Big Blue News, Giants.com, Giants social media, Giants podcast platforms everywhere, all of it. Um, 
thanks so much for listening today. I think that's our show, Dots. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is part of the Giants podcast platforms everywhere and giants.com slash podcast. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Like, comment, subscribe, all of it. We'll see you next time.